everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast. Every week, we show up to continue to equip you with what you need to move from being at the mercy of screens to a family that is strong. And in our world, we call that Screen Strong. I'm Melanie Hempy. If you are new, welcome. We are so glad you are here and that you found us. We want you to know that the mental gymnastics and all the conflict that can come with navigating the whole screen thing can come to an end. And there is a way out of the confusion. Listening to our podcast is a positive step in that direction. If you are a returning listener, we applaud your consistency. We want to further equip you to be confident that you are doing your job well as a screen strong parent. Our podcast have great content, but they are only a small part of what ScreenStrong has to offer. Without a community, change will be hard for you. So please take advantage of our new membership platform and the private community on our site and the online parent course. Dr. Stacy is going to be joining us today to talk about a very hot topic. Welcome to the show, Dr. Stacy. Hey, Melanie. Thanks for having me back today. Go ahead and remind everybody, if we, we've got some new people. I, I just have heard from so many new people. Can you just give us a quick background just so people remember who you are? Sure. So I'm Dr. Adriana Stacy. I'm a psychiatrist, which means I went to college and then I went to medical school and then I did additional training specifically in mental health. And um, I have four children. My oldest is 16. I have a set of twins that are almost teenagers and a nine-year-old son. And I am clinical in clinical practice in the community, which means I see people in a clinic. Um, my youngest patient's about six. My oldest patient's 85. And so I see people all throughout the lifespan. But a large part of what I do is work with teenagers and college students to help them better their mental health. Great. Thank you so much for all that every now and then. I just want to remind people how fortunate we are that we have a medical doctor on our team here to help with this. And we just love that you are as passionate as I am. <laughs> so thank of you course. so much. One of my life passions is trying to get all these kids and teenagers and adults off their screens. Yeah. And just get us back in a healthy framework. Before we get started, I just have to tell you, and I haven't even told you this yet, Dr. Stacy, but this weekend we did something that, you know, we've been doing for many years, but I realized when I was listening to something after this happened, that this is something we've been doing forever. And that a lot of people just aren't taking advantage of it. So, okay. Drum roll. This is a parent tip that I'm getting ready to tell you that nobody tells you. <laughs> Until it's like, oh, wow, why didn't I do that? And it's so simple. It is taking teenagers on errands with you. <laughs> when you have four teenagers, sometimes, as you know, Dr. Stacy, it's really hard to get time with each of them one-on-one. -on -one. So I started taking advantage of taking one of them with me on short errands, like a quick trip to the grocery store. Now, I've been doing this for years, and I figured this out. I think it took me, I don't know, two kids to figure it out, or maybe I figured out after the first one that that you really get some real good conversations going when you have them one-on-one. -on -one. But the problem is when they hit middle school, you don't have to take them to the store anymore, right? When they're little, you have to take them because you, obviously they can't stay at home. And so when they hit middle school, it's like they want to stay home and, you know, play video games or right. get on their phone. And they don't want to go and they whine and they don't want to go. And um, yet that is probably the time when they need 
this time more than anything. Some of our best conversations happen in the car. I figured out that these little short snippets of time in the car really work and they can make a big difference. So this weekend, you know, I'm asking, okay, who wants to go to the grocery with me? And I'm not talking about the long grocery trip. Okay. Cause I mean, that's torture, right? I, I don't think I would even put my teenagers through that. Although I probably should, I was just having to run to get three or four things, which you know what that means in the real world, three or four things at the grocery store really means you're getting 10 things, you know, when you go in to get three or four. And so I'm thinking, okay, I need to take one of them with me. And they're busy. They're doing things They're I don't know what they were doing, but they were busy, too busy to go to the grocery store. And I kind of nudged and I'm like, come on, come on, come on. So I got Evan to go with me. I don't always have success, but he's like, okay. Cause I said, you can get, you know, you get to pick out the snacks. You can pick anything you want. And so when you're talking about food, teenagers, it, it tends to go a long way. So he jumps in the car and I left my phone at home. And I did this on purpose because every time I leave my phone at home and I have a teenager in the car, it just says, you know what? You are more important than my phone. And I don't think people go anywhere without, without their phone these days. And it's just an unspoken sort of way to let your kids know, you know what, I want to spend time with you. Like I don't even want, you know, to have any potential of any notification or distraction coming. And I'm just going to the grocery store. So hopefully I don't get lost on my way three blocks to the grocery store. So he doesn't have his his smartphone either because he doesn't have a smartphone. (laughs) And so we get in the car and he gets in the front seat and normally he's in the back and it was just so fun. We just started talking about colleges and, you know, cause they're looking at different things cause they're seniors. And we just got this into this rich discussion about what he wanted. And, you know, when you have four kids like you do, Dr. Stacy, you know, these little moments are just so hard to come by. It was just so fun. It's just so hard to describe from where I am now looking into the situation. And you probably know as a psychiatrists, how important these times are, that they're not scripted and they're not on purpose. It's not like, oh, every Tuesday at five o'clock, we're going to sit down and talk. They just happen and they come in the ebbs and flows. And I call it the nooks and crannies of life, where as a screen strong parent, I am very aware of how important these little pockets of time are and how they get derailed when I have a phone and when he has a phone. So I just want to encourage everybody that it's not so much about taking your little kids to the grocery store, even though there's a ton of benefits for that. And that, that can be another discussion about how beneficial it is. I just want to encourage you that, you know, maybe since COVID has happened that you started doing all your shopping online, or you really don't go to the grocery store anymore, or you don't do errands, you know, we're ordering everything on Amazon. I think that we have lost this wonderful, rich opportunity, especially with our teenagers. Again, I'm really talking about teenagers right now, this time where we can just experience life with them. And he really opened up about some things. And this happened a few times with my older son too. And that's when I started doing it. When I realized, hey, he was away from his video game. We, it was just he and I in the grocery store. And some of our best conversations take place in the grocery store. So Anyway, I don't know if that is a sad story <laughs> or that because I tell parents all the time, especially for teenagers, take your teenager to the post office, take yes. them to return something at a store, take them to the car wash and the 
grocery store and all these places because soon they're going to be out from under your wings. Mm-hmm. They need to know how to do all these things. These well, sure. Things go to the bank and make a deposit yeah. and all these things. And if they're sitting in the car on their phone and they're not watching you do all these things, they're not learning them. So yeah, your kids with you place. Of course, you know, I have four kids and they, you know, can drive you crazy at times like all children can. So sometimes it is, you feel like it's just so much easier to let them stay home. But when you can, you should take them out with you because they're learning from watching you. And when my oldest turned 16, I'll never forget. She said, oh, I'm so excited now on Sundays when we go to church, I can drive my own car and then we won't be late. And I said to her, you know, I won't be late. I said to her, absolutely not. We will ride together as a family to church because that's when we all have time together in the car. So I think, you know, of course they need to get out and drive by themselves and do things, learn how to be independent. But I also think it's important to still have them with you learning from you while they're still at home. And at the grocery, you know, it sounds really kind of silly, but we, we can talk about a lot of stuff. We were talking about what we're getting for dinner that night and why we were doing that and what he was going to cook. Cause he was going to help me cook. And then they were having a tailgate the next day and he got to pick out the soft drinks he wanted to take. And it was just really fun. And again, screen strong, the screen strong lifestyle is not complicated. In fact, it's very simple. And most of the things that we recommend here and really stress that you do are things like this that, that are free, you know, but you have to, you have to be purposeful about it and you have to be very deliberate. And as a parent, you have to look for these opportunities. So if your husband is getting ready to go to Home Depot to get the pine straw for the yard or something, have him take a teenager with him. It's it's good when they take the little kids because the little kids want to go and they all want, you know, they all want to go with dad. But as a parent, look for opportunities for your older kids. Don't think that just because they're teenagers, they don't need that time anymore. And so this brings us to this topic. Uh, and what we're going to talk about today is about why you don't need smartphones in the car in general. Now I know you're going to kind of argue and say, okay, was it mom? You got to have your phone. Well, okay, I hand that to you. And I do have my phone in the car and I do use the GPS because I have completely forgotten where to drive <laughs> this town. I have to put the GPS on for everything. Ironically, the other funny thing is my son had to go uptown today and he just called about an hour ago and he goes, I made it. And I, you know, cause they don't have a GPS and they don't have a smartphone. He was very proud of how he navigated his way out of the downtown area, just based off the fact that we have, you know, he's paid attention all the years that we've gone there and, So that was kind of funny. What we're going to talk about today is reasons why teenagers don't need phones in the car, especially when you're the parent driving and you're driving and carpooling middle schoolers and preteens and teens. And Dr. Stacey and I were talking earlier about this. I said, we really need to talk about this on a podcast because this can really change the fabric, I think, of your communication skills with your kids and just change what they remember in these teenage years growing up. So many of our conversations are in the car. And there's reasons for this, right, Dr. Stacy? There's reasons. You've got them captive, first of all. You've got them buckled down <laughs> so they can't leave the room. That's right. They're a captive audience in the car. Yeah. And the other kind of cool thing about it, I'm all about eye contact and you are about eye contact. But sometimes it's easier for teenagers to talk to you when they're not staring you down in the face. And so, you know, if they're in the back and you start talking about something and they can start talking, but if they have their phone, this will not happen. 
So let's go over a couple of the reasons. I know you jotted a few things down about why it's not good for a teenager, even though they think they're going to die without it, why it's good for a teenager not to have a smartphone in the car. Well, let me just start by saying I talk quite a bit about family culture, and I think it's important to have as part of your family culture that you don't use phones in the car. And you can talk with your kids about why the parents need to use phones in the car, right? If you need to use a GPS or you need to, you know, have it for some particular reason for safety, not using it, but having it in the car. And I think that's important to discuss with your kids from when they're really young up through teenage years so that they understand that that's your family culture. Um, But I'll tell a little story. Um, So I was driving on a school trip. So my kid's school doesn't have a bus that they use, so they use parents to drive kids on trips. And it's a rule at the school that the kids can't use phones during school hours. So if you're on a school trip during school hours, they're not allowed to use phones. So we get in the car on this school trip and the kids are all talking and laughing and, you know, telling jokes and being, being quite loud. And I I, kind of wish for um, earplugs at the time, but (laughs) I'm joking, but they were having a good time together. And then um, one of the kids, you know, just a few minutes went by and this kid just couldn't help himself. So he pulls his phone out and starts playing on it. And I have a mirror in my car where I can you know, see all the way to the back. And so I kind of was watching this unfold a little bit. And then the next kid took, his phone out and then the next kid took her phone out and then pretty soon what happened it was quiet right so no they weren't talking to each other anymore then one of the kids in my car proceeds to get car sick and so you know we pulled over and I was talking to them about looking down at your phone and how they can make you car sick and all this stuff and then we get to where we're going and the teacher was asking why the child was car sick and so I was explaining what had happened and she said oh no you guys know you're not supposed to be on your phones they all apologized on the way back from this event you know I reiterated we're not allowed to use phones in the car and all of this, they had the best time on the hour ride back to school. I mean, Mm -hmm. so much fun. They were trying to get truck drivers to honk. They were telling jokes to each other. It was like two completely different worlds. And so if you're used to having your kids in the car with their phone, I challenge you to take it out because kids don't talk to their parents and their friends like they should, like they need to if there are phones in the car they just won't the drive that that dopamine is pulling on them to turn that phone on is so strong they'll do that instead of talking to each other I think I just think it's so interesting that all you have to do is put those things away and they become a vibrant group even the kids that normally don't talk to each other you know maybe they're not the best of friends or they don't feel like they have a lot in common, they'll start learning things about each other and talking to each other and playing silly games and really being kids, which I think is wonderful. That is so great. That is such a great story. And when you're, you're just telling that, I'm just envisioning what you said in the beginning of the story about when one of the kids pulled it out, then the next one did, and then the next one, and it's like a disease. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's like they, they, they start mimicking what the person next to him does. And this is another reminder about why they should not be on social media because they're mimicking, they copy what the next person. Does. We do the same thing. Like if we're out with a bunch of our girlfriends and somebody checks their phone, then we all think, oh, I got to check my phone, right? You got to make sure nobody's getting in touch with us. So it's sort of like this wildfire that goes out of control. Then before you know it, everybody is checking their phone and 
And then what you said that all of a sudden it was quiet. How sad is that? I mean, when you have teenagers in your car, there should be no silence. Right. And I made mention of it when we arrived at the end of the day. And they all were like, oh, Dr. Stacy, you're right. You know, that was so fun. And we did all these things. And um, and so then the next time we drove, I reminded them before we got in the car and, you know, about the no phones rule. And they, they just had the best time when they're together. And I think that these days, because of the culture that we're in, you look and you see groups of people in the car and the parent is driving and everyone else in the phone in the car is on their phone. No one's talking to each other. They're not looking out the window. And, you know, and this reminds me, I might've said this on the podcast already because it happened about three months ago or something. It's been a little bit of a while ago and I stopped at a light and there was a car next to me on my driver's side. We were all stopped. And of course the teenager was on the right side of the car. So that was on my side of the car and he was back in the back seat and he had his phone and I'm just watching, you know, and we have, you know, tinted windows. So I I don't know, but I could see the screen. It was very bright and he was doing stuff he wasn't supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dang, I I wanted to like lay on my horn and get that mama to look at me, (laughs) but I thought I can't do anything, but she has no clue what he's doing in the back seat. And I'm watching this me of all people, like the screen strong founder and I'm having to watch. And I was just like, oh, it was so uncomfortable. And it was just so sad. But when you have teenagers in your car and we're talking about teenagers today, I mean, you know, hopefully your little kids and your 10, 11, 12 year olds don't even have phones. But um, if you have teenagers with phones in the car, listen, they that that's just a bad recipe. And I want you to remember that, and I've said this before, that kids on phones like this are like drowning kids. So you don't hear a drowning child, right? And so this is what's happening when they're on their devices. Think of it as they're drowning. They're drowning. You don't hear, you, you don't. So we think it's all okay because, oh, they're so quiet, but it's not okay. You have to look at it like the same way. You have to be really aware of when kids get quiet, something is wrong. Well, Melanie, I want to encourage parents that you can do this on long road trips too. So we go on a trip once or twice a year to a place that's about 15 hours from our home. Mm -hmm. And our kids are not on phones for those 15 hours. And I'm not tooting my own horn or saying I'm, you know, better than someone else. I'm just saying it can be done. Yeah. You can take a long road trip. We've flown overseas with our kids without devices. They do fine. They do Mm -hmm. just fine. Mm -hmm. They come up with the funniest things to do. They tell the funniest stories that, you know, you can listen to podcasts as a family or books on tape or things like that as a group, you know, things you can hear on Mm -hmm. the overhead speakers and things, but just to encourage parents that are thinking, well, we want to take our screens away, but we worry about long car trips or we commute a lot during the day. They can do it. Yeah, they can do it. And they don't need those drop down screens in the back of the minivan and they don't need the screens in their hands. They don't, they really don't. And, you know, we all did it when we were kids. We yeah. you know, rode everywhere without yeah. just and they, encouragement. For parents. Right. And they need the downtime. They need that quiet time of doing nothing, but looking out the window, which leads us to the second point that, that I wanted to make that I know that you agree with that um, when your kids don't have a device, they're not distracted by, right? 
they they can spend a lot more time paying attention to what's going on outside and they can pay attention to their um, surroundings and to the streets you're turning on and where, you know, where things are. This is a big part of being a teenager. They're getting ready to start driving. They have to know where they are in your city. And it is such a sad state of affairs that I feel like with so many teenagers today, they don't know where to go. Like they don't have any sense of directions. Um, so not only are they missing the the sense of directions, but they're missing all the other things like, hey, mom, look, they're building a new building here. What happened to all the trees? <laughs> you know, they're missing the details of their town and what is going on in their town. So when they don't pay attention to surroundings, what are what are the other things that you would recognize or what you would say was probably not a, a, a good idea to grow up not knowing where you are, kind of being lost? Well, part of it is that kids before screens, when they're riding in the car, they're looking out the window. They're watching where they're going. And like when I was a kid on Sundays after church or we were would go to lunch or something, my dad would play this game where, called Get Us Home. And I have five siblings. And so he would pick one of us and say, okay, get us home. And he would like, then we would tell him where to turn and see if we could get our family home. So, um, which was such a fun game. Oh, Some yeah. Better at it than others. Um, but, you know, we could do that as a child because we spent all of our time in the car looking out the window. So you knew which stoplights, you knew which way we turned, which house marked, you know, whatever mm -hmm. landmark on the way. So what I'm finding is that kids now when they start to drive, they don't know their way around because they've been staring at a screen when they're riding in the car. And so then what do they do when they're in the car and they're driving? They look down at their phone at um, a GPS, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so then we have this whole thing of distracted driving when, yeah, sometimes you have to look at a GPS, especially if you live in a bigger place. Right. You know, I mean, the town we live in is, you know, probably 40 miles from south to north. So it's really spread out. So mm -hmm. my kids are never going to know every single road that they no. have on right mm -hmm. so they are going to have to use gps at some points however on a regular basis the places they normally go they should be able to get there without having to use a gps and so right. if you spend time with your kids in the car for all those years leading up until they're 16 or 17 or whatever the driving age is where you live they're going to be a lot better equipped to be able to get themselves where they need to go. Again, they're going to also notice things in their environment. Right, right. Like one day we were driving down the street and my nine-year-old said, oh, look, mom, that place is about to go under construction. And the reason he knew that is because he saw a sign in the front yard of this daycare that right. wasn't there the day before. Uh -huh. So, you know, and yeah. then it led to a whole discussion about, you know, all sorts of things that you would never have a discussion about. That's right. Notice that. So it's very important for kids to be looking at their environment while they're riding in the car. I, that's really a good point. It brings up other topics and gives you all sorts of things to talk about that can go into just all kinds of issues that exactly. are really important for them. And this is, again, this these rich conversations that happen when they're paying attention to what's happening in their surroundings and they're not being distracted by a phone. And then... The third thing is like what you just touched on, that the more you allow your teenager to be on a phone while they're spending time with you in the car, um, 
you know, it's not like a predator is going to snatch them and kidnap them. They are with you in the car. They're relatively safe, so they don't need their smartphone. But the third thing that happens is it starts to build a habit. Mm -hmm. And so then the habit becomes, oh, every time I get in the car, I get on my phone, get in the car, get on my phone, get in the car, get on my phone. And it, it becomes a conditioned response. So just even the, this weekend when I got in the car with Evan, I didn't have my phone. I kind of felt a little, you know, naked, like, oh, where's mm-hmm. my phone? Oh, I left it at home. Like it, you know, and it's good to do that. It's good to to go places and not have your phone. I mean, who would have thought that was a thing, right? But right. The, this third point is that it builds future habits. And so right now with your teenager, what you don't want is you don't want them to start driving, get their driver's license. And then now they're on their phone the whole time and they're in the car. You know, they stop at the the light, you know, the light turns red, they start texting somebody or you just don't want them to do that. It's just a really bad idea for a teenager to be texting while they're driving. And I know we had some statistics on that. I don't know if you have them handy, but a lot of accidents happen with teenagers with smartphones that they don't know how to put them down. Well, first, I will say that half of high school students admit that they text or email while driving. So you can tell your kid all day long. Yeah. Not to do that. If they see you doing it at a red light or they're used to doing that, like you said, when they get in a vehicle and shut the door, that habit is really hard to break. Um, And so I think that's important to note. Also, I think it's a third of all crashes are due to distracted driving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, this is a big problem and it gets worse and worse every year. Um, There's a lot of statistics out there about distracted driving. Yeah contributing to, you know, motor vehicle fatalities. And, um, a lot of it has to do with teenagers. And so most States now have laws about distracted driving. And so like where we live in Arkansas, you can't be on your, on your phone while your vehicle's moving and while it's in drive. Oh, and I know there are a lot of States that have that, that the police mm-hmm. in fact will pull you over and give you a ticket if they see yeah. you holding your phone. Yes. Right. And I think those laws are really good. And if you want to get more information on that, just Google anything on an insurance website because they're going to have all this information about distracted driving. And it's really eye-opening. And I agree with you, though. I do agree with you that you can tell your teenager all day long, don't, you know, look at your phone while driving and yada, yada, yada. And and that's just going to go in one ear and out the other if you've been allowing them to have their phone in the car for the last five years. It's just going to be a natural habit that they have. So. Yeah, because the day they turn 16 or whatever, the day they get their driver's license, it's just one day different from the day before when you're letting them get in the car and be on their phone. So I think you have to start early building a habit. And it's an important reminder to to me to not be checking my phone when I'm at a red light. I know. When a text goes off or whatever, to put it somewhere away while you are driving. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard. It's hard, you know, to do that. We just gotten we've gotten so used to that. But they will watch you and they'll do exactly what you do. So you can't say, yeah. don't check your phone, and then you're checking your phone. I mean, right. I mean, that's just not a really good idea to do that. The fourth thing that I thought of was that when you don't allow your teenager to be on their phone in the car, even if they just are bored and have to stare out the window or, you know, they don't want to talk to you and you make them talk to you or whatever, regardless of whatever all these benefits are. The one thing I think we forget that it does is it helps them build self-control. Not having a phone in the car for entertainment is a perfect way to build this impulse control and practice. It's like we know that this is an executive function skill that's really hard to develop. And yet we don't take advantage of all these opportunities 
to develop it. And this is one opportunity where they can just build a little self-control. Well, that's what was happening with that sweet kiddo in my car on that field trip is that he just couldn't help himself. He said, Dr. Stacey, I'm so sorry. I just couldn't help it. I I knew I shouldn't have been doing that, but I just couldn't help it. And so I think the more we help our kids when they can't help it is the, the better it is for their brains, right? Yes. When we try to help them strengthen their impulse control abilities in whatever small ways we can, um, you know, and that little trip to school or to wherever, you know, in the car is a great time to work on that. I had a mom tell me recently, you know, we're, I'm in a carpool of all these, you know, seventh grade girls. And we've noticed now this year that it's just so quiet in the car on the way to school and they're all just on their phones. And we're thinking about implementing a rule where they can't be on their phones on the way to school. Do you think that's okay? I said, I think that's amazing. Like think about the stories you're going to hear. You're going to learn about friends you don't know about. You're going to learn about situations or teachers or, you know, homework they're struggling with and all sorts of things in that 20 minute car ride add all those 20 minutes together times 180 school days and think of all the things you're missing by allowing them to yeah. use their in the car. She's going to get all the tea. Let me tell That's you. Right. And, and the other thing is that just FYI out there for everybody listening, uh, there should be no entertainment screens before school period ever, forever and ever. Amen. Like ever, like it, the entertainment screen thing before school really could put your kid on a really bad trajectory for the day. And if you can read Screen School, that's a really good book to read about this. But this should just be like a standard rule because it's stimulating. It's getting them off to a really bad start. I don't care if they don't even see any negative content. It's just the time that they're spending and starting their day with that kind of stimulation is not a good idea for the rest of the day. Also, before any sort of athletic competition, it's not good for them to be on entertainment screens. Because what happens there is then the dopamine is attached to the screen and they're not getting the reward dopamine from the athletic activity. That's right. right. So it's really confusing for their brain. So, you know, I think the no screens before school is such a great, such a great idea. Yeah. And you don't want them all revved up before they walk into math class because they're not going to be able to pay attention. And it's the weird thing about it is it's just something that you can't see. It's like, They're not turning purple, you know, so you can't see, oh, you've had too much screen time. But we know and you know from just the science and all the neuroscientists out there and the teachers and the doctor, they're all they will all tell you they can tell the kids that come into their classroom. They're already at an eight on a scale from one to 10, you know, of being revved up. And it's because they've been playing Fortnite all morning or they've been scrolling their social media. And it's just really, really tough. If if your child rides the bus or rides. Oh, yeah student or family on the way to school, just encourage your child in that way as well. Recently, a a teenager I know got in a car accident and she's fine and everybody's fine, but there was another uh, teenager riding with her in the back seat and he couldn't give a statement to the police about what happened because he was on his phone. Yeah. Back seat, and so all he knew. Next thing he knew, he feels the crash. Oh, so he had no idea what even happened. Say anything that happened, and so you know, I mean, that's an unusual event, and that's not something that happens on a regular basis. But I think it's important to talk to our kids when they're not riding with us Uh about the importance of being looking up, being aware of your surroundings, and not 
not being on there. Well, and when my kids started driving, I told them, you know, when you're riding with other kids, you pay attention, you help them, you pay attention to the traffic, you pay attention to the right turns and the left turns, and they don't have smartphones. So they're not distracted on their smartphone and they are paying attention and new drivers especially need some extra eyeballs. They don't need backseat drivers, but you know what I mean? And I think that there have been a number of situations in this last couple of years that my boys have said, Hey, we've had some close calls, whether it was the two of them driving and one of them, you know, told them stop, you know, they acted kind of like the mom in the driver's seat, you know, (laughs) giving some advice. Um, But I think it's really important for everybody in the car to, to pay attention to what's happening, especially when you are new drivers in the car. Yeah. But let's talk about some troubleshooting really quick before we wrap up here. Um, So what does happen when you have your kids in the car who don't have phones in the car, but then their friends are with you and they start to pull out their phones? What do you say as the mom? What do you recommend? Well, I tell all kids when we get in the car, you know, I tell them all the time, we're a phone free car. And I'm not going to use my phone and I don't want you guys to use your phone. And they all, they, especially kids that are new to our, you know, uh-huh. friendship group or they haven't ridden with me before, they kind of chuckle a little bit. Yeah. They roll their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I say, no, I'm not kidding. So <laughs> if there's a station you want to listen to, let me know and we'll, you know, find a good radio station or, you know, if there's a podcast y'all like, we can mm-hmm. put that on. But I, you know, I've informed them up front so that you're not driving like I was on that trip and look up and see, right. oh, you know, um, in that particular situation, the teachers had already told the kids. So I didn't reiterate in hindsight, I should have done what I always do, which is when they get in the car remind them that we're a phone-free car. And sometimes a kid will say, well, I'm texting my parent. And I'll say, well, when we stop, I'll, I'll text your mom or dad. And yeah, you know, and so you don't, don't feel like you need to do that. Or, or I say, you know, they can call me if they need something and right. you know, everything's fine. Yeah. And I've driven on field trips before too. And I have told the parents of the kids in my car that their, their child doesn't need their phone and they can go ahead and just take it. And that here's my phone number and you can call me if you need anything, or I'll text you if there's a problem. And most of the time I get pretty good compliance on that. I also have a basket in my car and I'm that mom. I am that mom that says, okay, all your phones go in the basket. And, you know, I get the looks and I get the eye rolls and I get the whatever, but like you just said a minute ago, they always have so much more fun always because they're talking to each other and singing stupid songs and doing silly stuff. And that's what they want to do. They're kids. That's what they want to do. So how do you, how do you handle it when they go against your rule and they say, okay, okay, Dr. Daisy, I'll put it up. And then all of a sudden they pull it out again. Well, that happened to me recently on a trip. I had this sweet kid in my car and he really was, he thought I was joking. I think he'd never ridden with me before. (laughs) Good news was is it was dark outside, and so any time he turned that phone on, his face would light up. <laughs> I could tell that he was on. So the know, glow he, he had the glow, and so I said, "Hey, buddy, you know we don't allow phones." And he was like, "Oh man, you know." And literally ninety seconds went by, and he turned it back on again because he can't help it, Melanie. Wow. I mean, this is the sweetest kid. We love this kid, but yeah. this dopamine in his brain is just telling him to turn it on. Right. And so 90 seconds and then it happens again. And then it happens. Again. So finally I said, Hey bud, I'm gonna have to pull over. Yeah. 
and you're going to have to give that to me. And I really don't want to take it from you. Just turn it off and put it in your pocket. And he finally was able to, but you could just tell how much that was just really stressing him, which is one of the reasons my kids don't have phones because I hate that for him. Because, you know, if he breaks that thing or loses it, he's going to be, you know, the addiction is really evident. But I, I do. And I say it in a playful way. I mean, I'm not trying to be, you know, rude or, you know, it's just these are rules. It'd be just like if my kid had a peanut allergy, like we don't allow peanuts in the car. Right. And I mean, it's just one of those things, just like a seatbelt, like you got to wear your seatbelt. Yeah. And they try to take them off and they, you know. No, that's a really good point. And I remember the days and we still, I hate to say, I think we still had to do this uh, more recently than I would care to admit where you do the pullover. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're like, like there's a lot of parents that threaten the pullover. Well, we're the car that pulls over. Like I'll just get, I'm like, okay, I'm pulling over until we figure this out. And they're like, Oh no, mom's pulling over. Yeah. No. And it's like this with everything with kids. I mean, it's like this. I mean, we're going to have this, you know, when you have some sort of event where there's a lot of candy or dessert or, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Like the kids just can't help themselves. So it's our job to guide them on the right path to help them towards success. And so that means reiterating, reiterating, and then saying, Hey, my next step is I'm going to pull over and all your buddies in the other cars behind us are going to see us pull over. <laughs> They're like, Hey, what happened? Why'd you have to pull over? And it's, you know, nothing that's wanting to shame or embarrass anyone. No, no, but it's just, you mean business. I let other parents know as well. We don't, we just don't allow it. You know, we don't allow phones in the car. We don't allow phones at the dinner table when we go out in a big group and eat. Yeah. You know, we don't allow phones at our home, you know, for, yeah. Or, you know, play dates or whatever you want to call it. And so I think most parents are understanding of that. Yeah. They understand where you're coming from. And I always tell them, you know, look, it's me. It's not you. I'm sure your kids are fine. Mine aren't. (laughs) And so, you know, I always do it in a very non-judgmental way. And there is a way to do it to say, look, guys, you know, to the other parents, look, we've, we struggle with this for so much. So, you know, this is kind of where we landed with our rules. And most of the time they will be totally fine with it. And in our course, we do have some language around how you talk to other parents without sounding judgmental. And we actually have conversations written out for you to look at in the course where it, it makes it a lot easier for you. So let's wrap up. And I'm just going to summarize a couple of things that we talked about today. The first thing is that your kids will have better and richer and more conversations when they don't have the phone in the car while you're driving. Of course, you shouldn't have your phone as far as you shouldn't be checking your phone while they're driving. So they're going to have more conversations. You're going to be able to talk to your kids about stuff that maybe you wouldn't normally have time to sit down in the house and talk to them about because, you know, they're strapped in and they're, you've got a captive audience. They're not going to be distracted with the stuff that's going on their phone, which can come out to be really rude. It can really be rude when you're in a car and somebody's on their phone and they're laughing about something and nobody even knows what they're laughing about because they're in their own little world. And that's really distracting. They can't pay attention to their surroundings if they're on a phone. So that's going to affect them later down the road when they're driving and they need to know where they are going. And it's sort of a kind of interesting metaphor because, you know, they're getting lost and they're getting lost on their phone. They're getting lost in their emotional brain and they're getting lost in their actual literal you know, directions. So they can't pay attention. That's one, another reason. The other reason is that it's building a habit that they 
have this condition response to get on their phone when they get in the car. If you let them build that habit, that is not a good idea at all. And the other thing we talked about was how it builds. It's a really good way to build self-control and to work on that impulse control and just say no to your phone while you're in the car. Of course, you can solve the whole thing by just not letting them have smartphones and not letting them have social media, which is what ScreenStrong recommends. No teenager needs a smartphone. If you need to uh, have a GPS for your teenager, by the way, you can still get them. We have an old GPS. But actually, my kids prefer to look at maps. They love maps. They actually printed some directions to this thing they had to do today when they had to go downtown. Then because of their executive function area of their brain is not quite developed yet. They left the map at home on the kitchen table. But the fact that they had looked at the map and studied the map, Evan was very happy to report, mom, I got there just fine because I remembered reading it. So I'm thinking, good for you. I would need the map because my brain is older (laughs) and I probably wouldn't remember it. So those are some of the things that we talked about. Can you think, did I leave anything out about the benefits of not having teenagers on their phones in the car? No, I think we covered some great topics. Okay. Well, Dr. Stacey, we're going to wrap up. Okay. So, but I want, I'm going to put you on the spot. So you mentioned that you're getting ready to go somewhere 15 hours with your kids over Thanksgiving. So what I want you to do is (laughs) kind of uh, journal this, uh, like video journal this for us. Could you think you could do that? (laughs) I would love to. My kids will love this. Okay. You know, while your husband's driving and you're not driving, I want you to kind of give a uh, chronological blow by blow what's happening. I mean, maybe not one an hour, of course, we don't need 15 of them, but give us a general idea while you're on your trip. I would love to we enter a new state each time. I'll give you an update. Give us an update. Yeah. We go through quite a few states. So and we'll- so maybe you can do this on a live in our, our Facebook group or maybe our private forum because we now are opening our private forum and that might be a really good way for us to open that and say, hey guys, come in here and see Dr. Stacy." do this. <laughs> so I want to see what it looks like. Experiment, Melanie. It's a real, no, we're, you know, we're used to it because this is how we do trips, but I think it'll be interesting for people to see like you Great. can't do with four children and two dogs in the car. For oh my gosh. And two dogs. I didn't know that. Okay. So there's going to be four kids and two dogs on a 15 hour car ride. We cannot wait to see <laughs> this. I mean, I'm serious. <laughs> That's going to be really, really, really fun. I want to hear the the 99 bottles of beer on the wall song, yeah. right? I'm sure. Well, you know, and, and real quick, I know we have to go, but I, if you don't let your kids be on devices in the car, there are some really funny games you can play as a family, or if you've got other kids in your car. Yeah. Uh, and we'll um, put some of those ideas in our online forum. That will be excellent. Thank you so much for uh, sort of, agreeing or volunteering or whatever I just pushed you into doing. I think it's going to be a great idea. I can't wait. Thank you so much for sharing today and coming on and telling your stories, Dr. Stacey. And we just appreciate your input so much because you have so much knowledge around this to share with us. Thanks for having me. I love being on the podcast. Thank you so much. And thank everyone for listening today. We value your time and your interest. We get a lot of positive feedback about our podcast. It's definitely a front runner as far as our most popular resources go. But I would be a terrible friend if I didn't tell you that listening to just the podcast isn't all you need to move past being at the mercy of screens in your home. It's a great supplement, but it's not enough 
in and of itself. We have a complete feast over on our website that will fortify you and really move you from being at the mercy of screens to being screen strong. So one of the first things is the online course that we talked about. So it's very simple. Our, our website is been updated. You can go to the tab there on our site, click on the lifestyle course. And we have so many wonderful things in that course. And we're going to keep referring to that all the time. We refer to that because we have put so much energy and effort into getting all this ready for you. So there's all sorts of uh, resources in that course. And you know, you can get a small group and do the course. We do have group memberships for the course and we have bundle pricing and all of that. Um, we also have a brand new membership platform that Dr. Stacy and I just mentioned again today. And you can join and become a member of Screen Strong. This is our call to action to you. You can join for free. We have a free level. And we also have a paid subscription level. It is our connect area of our website. We have the forum in there when you buy the subscription. Dr. Stacy and I are in there. We're going to be doing a lot of webinars. We're going to be answering your questions. There'll be a lot of really good group coaching that you get in there. So we just want you to know that you're not alone, that we're doing everything we can behind the scenes over here to help you. We're listening to you. We get emails from you all the time. And this is what you wanted. So we we're very, very excited to do this. That, that is the premium connect level. That's what we're talking about that we want you to sign up for. So what's your homework? Go to our site, become a member, get our course and sign up for the connect. And then I want you to rate this podcast and share it with at least five of your friends. You can do that. You can send it out to five friends. It's really easy for you to do that. And it really, really helps our reach. Plan a short errand with one of your teenagers <laughs> this week and let us know how that goes. And they may roll their eyes and they may buck and stomp and say, no way. You're going to say, come on, come on, come on. I'll let you buy uh, your favorite snack. <laughs> so bribe them, get them in the car, take them on an errand and leave your phone at home and just have fun with them. Don't forget to look at the nooks and crannies of these little times in our life where we can spend time with our kids because it's going to be gone before you know it. And finally, make a rule that your car is a no phone car, <laughs> a no phone zone. And I just challenge you to be bold and to talk to your, your kids' friends the next time they get in. And use humor. You have to use humor and you'll be fine. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you figure it all out. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd and stay strong. Stay strong.